ground on you, one's in jet. One's in the ground on you, one's in jet, one's in jet. Inside our jet, inside our jet. I got stuck, I got stuck. I'm dead, I'm dead. Go for it, go for it, go for it, go for it. Head over, Raymond. That's our flag. That's our fucking trophy, boys. Fucking our trophy. Alrighty, what is up everybody? Welcome to episode 15 of COD Talks. I am your host, Furs95. Tons to get to today. I apologize in advance for the delay on this episode. I've been really busy uh, this past week, week and a half with finals, but I am finally done. I'm good to go for the summer, so expect consistent scheduling, uh, consistent episodes coming out on a weekly basis uh, throughout the summer. I think what I am going to do is move each episode release to Sunday. That's going to be my normal day to uh, release episodes because it just it's just easier on me. Uh, I have a little too much going on on Fridays normally, so uh, expect uh, expect new episodes to be coming out on Sundays normally. I think Sunday's a, honestly a better day too because that's generally when, obviously it's the last day of the week, so you can, I can kind of culminate all the news that goes on that week into one day, and I think Sunday will be the best day for that. So, But with that said, guys, I am going to get into the news. So before we get into the optic all the optic news, which of course we're going to get into. Uh, I do want to make a few notes on certain things that came about uh, since my previous episode that I wanted to touch on. Uh, the first and foremost being that I haven't touched on this. I know it feels like forever ago that this happened because there's been so much news going on within within competitive COD. But uh, Nameless announced his retirement, um, which you know I think he said basically he's not confirming that he won't compete in Black Ops Four, but. We know how this goes. He probably won't. Odds are he won't. Uh, he seems very happy with his content creation, his, his streaming. It looks like he's going to be casting, I think. I don't think that's official yet, but uh, he'll probably be casting in some capacity, which is very good. I, I really – excuse me. I really enjoy his casting. I think he does a very good job uh, up there on the analyst desk. I always like when former pros are you know become casters because they obviously – I've talked about this before, but I think a true analyst to me is someone that – uh, has either competed or coached in some capacity because they really are the only ones that can truly give that next level of of analysis. And Nameless has been around forever. I mean, the guy's been competing since COD Four, so you know he's just a, a, a true veteran of the game. And uh, you know, I'm very excited to see. I know it's it's disappointing to see that he won't be competing anymore, but and I, I think he he definitely has a future uh, still within competitive COD. So. Um, you know, I, I wish Nameless the best of luck in the future, and I'm, I'm glad that he's he's sticking around. Um, and the next piece of news that I wanted to get into was the statement that Activision released. Uh, I believe they released this statement, uh, let's see, they released it on the 3rd of May, uh, which is about five days ago. They said, they released basically this big long statement about Black Ops 2, and uh, they touched on esports a little bit. And I wanted to just read what the actual statement uh, said. Um, I'm paraphrasing here. This is based, this is a tweet from Charlie Intel. Uh, they said Activision says that they have learned a lot about esports league development from Overwatch League and plans to apply what they've learned from the Overwatch League to Call of Duty esports in the near future. So, uh, a lot of people were speculating that this means that they're going to try and introduce franchising into Call of Duty esports, and I don't think that's happening. I just don't think COD esports has the numbers right now to really get serious about franchising and, and competitive COD. I just don't, I don't think that's what they meant by that. I think that hopefully that what they're more talking about is like promotion 
because as we all know, Overwatch, the Overwatch League has been very successful up to this point. They, they Activision does a really good job of promoting it and giving it good structure and, and really everything it needs to thrive. And uh, hopefully that's what they're kind of hinting at in terms of COD Esports. And that would be great. I mean, that'd be awesome. We all know the promotion struggles that we've had up to this point uh, with really all things competitive COD. And if Activision is willing to kind of go more all in to competitive COD, I think obviously that would you know only help us. So uh, ho- hopefully that's really what Activision means by that. Uh, I would really love to see them kind of go all in with competitive COD like they have with Overwatch because you know I am optimistic. I think there is an untapped potential for competitive COD that still is out there. You know, you look at World War II, the game sold phenomenally. I mean, there's still a huge player base out there for Call of Duty, despite what you may see on the internet. So, um, you know, looking forward to the future and hopefully Activision actually follows through uh, with with statements like these. So the next piece of news that I want to get into was the latest patch that was, that was released on, I believe it was last Tuesday this came out, or maybe it was a little later in the week than that, but uh, long story short, it, was a, a, it, was, it wasn't really a patch, it was more just a weapon tuning update, and uh, the two biggest updates that have an effect on competitive COD was that the Itra Burst uh, received a slight nerf, not too, too heavy, not too crazy or anything, and then the Bar also received a slight nerf, so... I think both of these nerfs were good. I think they definitely were much needed. I think the Itra Burst now, I I believe, I, I'll be honest, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot of scrims or anything, but I believe the gun will be used in competitive COD. I know that there was a push to try and gentleman's agreement, but I th- or put a, make it a part of the gentleman's agreement. But I think after this nerf, the, most of the pros seem to think that it's it's fine the way it is. And uh, I, I I agree. I think that it's it's a fine gun now. I don't think it's overpowered anymore. I think that uh, the nerf, realistically, the nerf was pretty minor, um, and I think it puts it in a pretty good spot, as well as the bar nerf as well. I think the uh, the bar nerf is was also needed uh, as well as is the Itraburst uh, nerf because, but but the, I will say that that the fundamental problem with the bar has still not been solved, and that's the fact that it can kill faster up close than a sub can. So, you know, I still don't think that the that the nerfing and up weapon tuning as a whole is perfect but it's probably the best we're going to get and uh, i'm hoping that we don't see any more major changes because i, I think that you know it's funny I, I one of the problems that some people complain about is that how we always is that cod always revolves around you know the meta is very limited it's it generally gravitates around two guns and uh, some people th- you know claim that the meta gets stale too quickly in a lot of previous competitive cod titles but this one world war ii is going to been the complete opposite i mean we've had meta changes it feels like all, between almost every event so and uh, honestly, I think that's it's been a little too much in the opposite direction in World War II. I think that we have had a little too many meta changes, and I would like to see uh, things just kind of settle down for the rest of the season. Hopefully, uh, I think I know the pros are would agree with me there. I think that they are the ones that are probably most frustrated about uh, the constant meta changes. And uh, I, th- I think they have every right to be, to be honest. I, I know that I think sometimes they do overreact, though. Sometimes, like for example, like like the Itra Burst being introduced, like is that really going to change? the way the game is played fundamentally a whole lot probably not i mean it'll it'll ch- you know obviously you do you have to play a little bit differently as an ar when you're running a burst weapon as opposed to something like a bar you can't be as aggressive you have to really try and focus on making most of your engagements long range but ultimately the only nerf that or the only update that was like really fundamentally changing uh, was the divisions overall i mean that was the, that was that really changed how the game how the game played right 
So, you know, I think the pros do overreact a little bit, but I also think that we need to have a consistent meta for the rest of World War II. And I would like to see it be this meta. I think that the bar, the burst, the uh, burst gun, the STG all have places in in the game in, in certain situations, which is, you know, a good thing, I think. Um, it would be nice to see another sub come into play. I, I still don't understand from the life of me why the Thompson is part of the gentleman's agreement. But, um, you know, be that as it may, I, I think that we're in a pretty good spot right now. And uh, I think that, you know, hopefully we, we get some consistent meta now between events for the rest of the season. And with that said, guys, I am going to move on now finally to all of the optic-related news. So um, first and foremost, I just want to preface by saying that I know there were some other roster changes that have gone on um, alongside of the optic uh, roster changes. You know, I, I know TK just picked up Enable. Uh, you know, uh, Splice picked up, I believe, who was it? Who did, uh, Splice, I think, is going to pick up Josh. Red Reserve picked up, uh, I believe it was, his uh, Scraps from Unilad. Um, and I'm not going to touch too much on those roster changes because I really want to devote a lot of time to the optic changes. But um, I, I just want to say that those changes I'm probably going to touch on after the – or maybe, like, maybe in the next episode because I don't want to ignore all the other roster changes that went down. Um, but again, I mean, these, these optic changes were just so massive. And obviously, they're just huge news. So I, I really want to devote a lot of time to them today. And uh, with that said, guys, so obviously, as I would hope everyone knows, listening to this, Optic Gaming decided to, well, Formal uh, decided to leave, essentially. He was uh, unhappy with the current team or with the previous cop, uh, Optic roster. And he left and requested, maybe not requested, but he uh, joined LG in place of Octane. Octane then was picked up by Optic as well as methods uh, replacing karma. And so I want to start by saying that it sounds like karma basically had no choice. He was the he wanted to play alongside. He actually just confirmed this the other night on stream that he wanted to play alongside of Skump, Krim, and Octane. And uh, essentially, Skump just doesn't didn't want to play with him anymore. That's I mean, that's what it came down to. Krim still wanted to play with him. Uh, but Skump just didn't, and as well as Formal. But obviously, that doesn't really matter as much since Formal left. But um, this is, first and foremost, pretty interesting to me. I don't really know what – like, I would love to know, and we'll probably never get the answer to, the, to this, but I would really love to know, like, Skump's reasoning as to why he doesn't want to play with Karma anymore. Like, I know he's been pretty underwhelming in World War II, but I don't know if – like, I just think it was the vibes of the team that were the problem, first and foremost. And I think if you'd have just switched out Octane for Formal, that would have helped a, a tremendously. Because as Karma also told us, Scump and Formal got to the point where they hated each other. I mean, they straight up hated each other. He even went so far as to say that he'd be surprised if they ever speak again, which is like, wow, that is, I mean, that's shocking. Like, because they were like, I mean, back when they streamed before, you know, during Black Ops 3 and AW, it really seemed like they got along. Like, I mean, that was just, um, it was shocking, but it also isn't all that shocking considering that really fundamentally, those two just have very big personality differences. I mean, formal is a very introverted guy. You know, it was, it was rumored that at, at events, he wouldn't even stay with his teammates. He would stay with his girlfriend at like a different hotel and they wouldn't really interact much. And, uh, you know, Scump obviously is just a, a goofball extrovert. And, um, you know, I think that that personality clash ultimately is what, uh, caused, I guess the hatred to, to, to emerge from for one another. So, 
you know, that's obviously fundamentally it looks like that was the biggest problem within the team is that Scump and Formal were just going at it every night in scrims. And uh, that was just, you know, killing the vibes of the team. Obviously, you can't really play when you have two players going at it, going at each other's heads every night uh, during practice. So that was um, pretty jarring to hear, to be honest. And, um, you know, again, I think that it's it's a whole the whole situation is just pretty shocking because again I like I said in the last episode I did not think this was the way that this roster would leave I thought that there was no way this roster would ever break up the only way they'd break up is if someone retired and obviously I should also make note that Karma has said that he will not be competing for the rest of World War II uh, he may come back for Black Ops Four I hope he does I would hate for this to be to be the way Karma you know three ranks Karma goes out but. Um, you know, it's, it's just it's a bit disappointing, but I know Karma mentioned that he did have um, an offer uh, to a team that he felt was uh, able, would be able to win championships. And I believe that people were speculating it was TK, but I believe it was actually just confirmed that it was actually FaZe. Uh, he would have been replacing Zuma, who would have then gone to Optic. So, um, you know, would have liked to have seen that happen, but I think FaZe – and that's, another, that's the next point I want to get into is that – Optic, you know, methods obviously is the biggest question mark on this team coming into this team. He was not their first option. That was revealed in Vision. Uh, I think the the first two options for Optic were Zuma from FaZe and then uh, John from LG, both of which uh, FaZe would not allow Zuma to leave, um, which to be honest, I know a lot of people that's like a like in my opinion, I can't blame FaZe for that. I know that's controversial to some people. You know, and people would say, oh, well, if he doesn't want to be on the team, that's going to kill the morale and FaZe should ultimately let him leave if he wants to. But I, I don't know if I just – I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because FaZe has to look at it. I mean Zuma is by far FaZe's best player. I mean he has been throughout World War II. He's one of the best players in the game, if not the best. And I just can't I, – I, I, it'd be so ridiculously stupid for FaZe. It, 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 like if, if, if FaZe were to get Karma in replace of Zuma, they're downgrading majorly. And in terms of World War II specifically, that's a major downgrade. And – you know, I, with an organization as big as FaZe, I just don't – I couldn't picture them going along with that. And they didn't ultimately. So, you know, Zuma came out and basically said that, you know, I wanted to join Optic, but I was – I just they just wouldn't let me, uh, long story short. So um, that was interesting to learn. We also learned that LG – that John didn't want to leave LG, which was rather surprising to me. I don't know if that was more LG not wanting John to leave and holding it back or John just not wanting to leave because – I mean, I don't really understand how you choose J-Cap and Slacked over Krim and, Krim and Seth and Octane. So, uh, you know, I have my doubts that John willingly chose to sail on LG, but that hasn't been revealed yet. So I'm just speculating there. But again, I would be rather sh- – I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe it's not too big of a shot because they obviously are getting formal in return, which is no – not too bad of a replacement for Octane, but – uh, you know, would be interested to see what John's whole take on the situation was as well. But, um, you know, again, uh, let's just talk about this, the Optic roster and what I think, you know, the expectations are for this team. So, as I said, Optic's roster now currently consists of Crim6, Scump, Octane, and Method. So, obviously, uh, like I said earlier, the biggest question mark for this team by far is going to be Methods and how he adapts to the flex role. So, as most of you guys know as well, uh, the, the the roles on this team are going to be uh, Scump main sub, Crim second sub, uh, Methods flex, and Octane mini R. And 
the biggest question mark, obviously, is that Methods has not ran the flex roll this game. I think he did it like the very first event um, at uh, at NOLA, but or at Dallas. But other than that, we haven't seen Octane run a sub hardly at all in this game. He's been a main AR in uh, both of his previous teams on Rise and on TK. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see him running a sub and how he's able to adapt to playing playing as a sub uh, because we know he's a proven AR player. He's he's one of the top ARs in the game. Uh, he's a fantastic bar player, uh, maybe the best bar player in the game. So I, I don't think I have any doubts about his ability to perform it uh, when he has an AR in his hands. But my biggest question mark is obviously going to be what do we get from methods when he's running a sub? Because that's that's he's just unproven, right? It's not that he lacks the talent or ability. Because you have to remember, methods come before World War II was a sub. He was a, he was a submachine gun player, so it's not like he doesn't have experience at all running a submachine gun. Um, you know, I think people are a little too down on methods. Like the dude's been an animal in World War II. I mean, been one of the best players in the game. You know, he won a, he won a tournament. He won MVP. At that tournament, so uh, the talent is there, no doubt in my mind. And the biggest question mark is uh, just to say, just to reiterate that how is he going to adapt to running the flex flex role, and how is he going to adapt from switching back and forth between AR and SMG? Because that's a difficult task, right? You have you have to play your play style in this game is significantly different at running an AR as it is compared to running an SMG. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, next uh, moving over to Octane, you know, Octane, obviously uh, Octane is, is one player is like literally the one player um, that had been on Optic yet that I remember back in Black Ops 3, I thought to myself, this dude is going to be on Optic one day because of how fucking nasty he is. He was one guy that I was like, this is one guy who actually could make a case for being better than all the players on Optic at one point. And. He he's he's a he's a rare talent. He's a guy that has consistently been a top AR in the past like three four titles. Um, I would argue. I mean, even uh, he was he very well might have been the best AR in Black Ops Three. I mean, him Slasher and Formal have been just in a class of their own really the past three games. And you know, I, I mean, Octane is just he's just he's a human turret man. He he he's just his shot is just ridiculous. Maybe the best shot in the game. Maybe the best shot we've ever seen. And uh, there's no doubt in my mind, my mind that he's going to fit in well with this team. He, he's got a really good work ethic. He really, he really has a good understanding for the game. He's he's just all business. Um, and I think that he seems to be a pretty laid back, easygoing guy. So he's probably going to be pretty easy to get go get along with, uh, you know, in terms of scrims and all that. So, you know, I, I think that optic or octane is definitely a, a huge pickup. I mean, that's a really really good pickup. Uh, no doubt he's going to be. I mean, it, and, you know, this obviously brings up the conversation of Optic Octane versus Formal, right? Those two have been going at it neck and neck for years now. Uh, they've been largely regarded alongside Slasher as best ARs in the game for a while now. And, you know, I, again, I, in my, my personal opinion is that Octane to me has been slightly more consistent, but I think Formal has a slightly higher ceiling. Um you know, maybe I'm maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe Formal will come out and just blow the competition away. Then now that he's on a new team, but um, I, I definitely expect Octane to fit in nicely with this with this Optic team. I think that he's uh, he's got a winning mentality. He loves to you know I think he has the utmost respect for uh, Scump and Crim. So you know I expect him to thrive on this team. I think he's going to be on Optic for for a long time, and uh, I think it's a it's a great pickup for for Optic and. Um, 
you know, again, I, I think this roster, I know people are a little skeptical of methods because, like I said, he wasn't their first choice. But I think this roster has a lot of potential to be nasty, specifically on World War II. You know, we'll get to Black Ops 4 when we get there. But for now, I think this roster is going to be really nasty. Um, I am obviously biased at being an Optic fan. But, um, you know, I think these are all proven players. You know, they, they – I think they are – Optic's biggest problem was that they just needed to change vibes on the team. And that's what these two are going to offer more than anything. And I expect, I expect big things from this roster in the future. Um, I also want to touch on LG a little bit because obviously, like I mentioned earlier, formal uh, left it, it chose to leave Optic in and and go to LG in replace of Octane. Um, so now uh, LG's roster consists of Slack, John, Jcap, and Oct- and Formal. Um, and and the the biggest advantage I would say LG has over Optic is obviously the role, uh, how everyone fits into the role, right? The, the, the LG has clearly defined roles with uh, Scump and Slack being running the SMGs. Jcap running the flex and formal at the main are right. That's that's it's everyone has experience running uh, what their roles are going to be on this team. And that's definitely an advantage that LG has over optic because I mean, obviously everyone knows this LG optic rivalry is going to be intense. I mean, intense. Um, it's going to be crazy to watch for, for the remainder of the season. And my biggest, you know, my biggest takeaway of this whole thing, this whole fiasco with Optic, is that I'm I'm most interested to watch how Scump and how Formal perform for the rest of the season because these two, they just seem to have it out for one another. I mean, maybe, you know, Seth might be a little little less like like he might have taken it a little less personally um, based on his reactions from Vision. You know, he came out and basically said like I'd love to still be friends with with Matt and um, and Damon, but. You know, I don't think Formal is going to take it that way. I think Formal is going to come out and just want to beat Seth more than anything in this world. And, you know, a motivated Formal is is a scary Formal and a motivated Skump is a scary Skump. And I think they're both more motivated, maybe not than ever, but they they, they both got to be motivated after this. And uh, that's scary because I think those two are probably the two most naturally talented Call of Duty players of all time. And now that they're on separate teams, it's going to be fascinating to watch uh, how they how they perform the rest of the season. Um with that said, I, again, I, I think LG, you know, in my opinion, do they get worse with this? No, probably not. I know uh, Octane has been better in World War II up to this point. But again, we've really only seen Fulmul run the main AR for, what, three events? So he's still – and he's been really dominant with the main AR in his hands uh, now that he's back in that role. So, you know, I, I don't expect LG to drop off. I think Formal, like I, like I said earlier, is going to be remotivated. He's going to want to prove more than anything that he can win without the Optic roster. He's going to want to beat the Optic roster more than anything in this world. So I don't expect LG to drop off at all. I think Optic is much more of a question mark than LG is as a whole. And uh, it's just going to be – that. this is a this is a rivalry that is going to be one for the ages because it's going to be, it's going to be intense and – the fact that they're in the same division is awesome <laughs> because we get to see them match up against one another uh, for uh, a few weeks straight. And it's going to be a lot to, lots of fun to watch. Uh, but with that said, guys, I, I think that's going to do it for th- th- today. Um, I don't want to get into a ton of the other like personal like drama related issues with the, with the whole optic situation. I know. I mean, I pretty much touched on everything, right? I mean, you know, this team basically crumbled because two players hated each other, Scump and Formal. Uh, formal as a whole was just not vibing with this team. And I, I will, I also do want to make note though, that, uh, the point that this team really started to go downhill internally as both Scump and Krim pointed out was after the Black Ops three loss and the Black Ops three champs loss, I should say. 
And this makes sense, to be honest. It makes a lot of sense because when you think about it, that was the team's toughest loss by far in their in their entire tenure. Um, you know, people might, might point out, you know, all oh, the, the phase loss was bigger. That was a bigger choke, I would say. But in terms of hitting the players hard, the hardest, that Black Ops 3 champs loss had to have been had to have been it. Right. Because they had already been. They had already lost AW champs, right? That was a huge disappointment. They were the heavy, heavy favorites to win AW champs, and they lost, and that was that was heartbreaking for all of them. And you know, they went into Black Ops Three with with you know just a reinvigorated mindset, and they were going into Black Ops Three the favorites to win as well. I mean, they won Stage Two playoffs. They they beat Envy, who was their only like who was by far their biggest competition at the time, and uh, they went to Black Ops Three the favorites as well. And it was like it really felt like this was the year. It's like okay, they're going to redeem themselves this year. They're going in hot. They're they're playing well, and they just didn't get it done again. And I think the fact that they didn't get it done again is like really what set them over the edge and, and really made them start to question one another as players and as teammates and just as people in general. And it, it just it makes a lot of sense that that's where it all kind of started in terms of this team going downhill uh, personality wise, because I think what happened, I think what's safe to kind of assume that what really what happened is that Formal took that loss the hardest and he basically just changed his mindset after that loss. He basically said, I want to win no matter what, period, end of story. I'm going to grind my hardest. Formal is widely known to be one of the hardest working players in the game uh, when he's motivated. And I think when Skump kind of just didn't really practice a whole lot in the beginning of IW, I think that really set Formal over the edge and and just really – that's really where it started. And, you know, it, again, it just – it makes sense that, that this team – you know, I mean the fact that they – I mean again – they hated each other. They quite literally hated each other. And I think that was just, it was, it was, a, there were egos involved. There were, you know, just differences in like ideology when it came to practicing and winning. And, you know, that's just, that, that, that was ultimately this team's downfall. And they just, they couldn't mentally fully recover from uh, Black Ops 3 champs. And I think the problem is that, you know, some people say, oh, well, they won IW champs. What's the problem? I think the problem is that, there were pro- there was probably a lot said to each other that we did not hear uh, in between uh, the end of Black Ops Three Champs and the beginning of IW Champs. So pretty much the entirety of uh, of the IW season, there was probably a lot of personal conflict going on uh, because you have to remember Optic did not start Infinite Warfare very well. It took them what was it three four tournaments to win. So I think there was that was probably the lowest point in this team's. Maybe not the lowest point, but you know, lowest point was World War II, obviously. But that was a low point for this team. That sort of those early stages of Infinite Warfare. So, um, you know, again, it's it's just a it's it's a shitty situation that ultimately had to be something had to change, and uh, ultimately that's what happened. That's, that's just that's just what happened. Formal wanted to leave. You know, Scump was tired of playing with with some of the guys on the team. Um, I also want to say that it's unfortunate that Krim was put in this situation. I think Krim is the one I probably like – well, Krim and Damon, I would say, are the ones I feel the worst for because Krim basically – it was. I'm sure it was incredibly tough for him to – I mean Krim basically had to choose between Skump and Karma. And that's a tough decision, man, because you got to remember Krim and Karma are the duo. I mean they were the duo, man. Like they started – they've won so many tournaments together. They teamed way back in Cole. Um you know they, they they really get along together. They're great friends, and making that decision had had to have been incredibly difficult for Ian because 
I mean, choosing between probably your best friend in, in the entire scene and maybe the most talented player of all time, who also who's also a good friend of yours. I mean, that's that's rough, man. That's rough. And uh, it's it's just unfortunate that Krim was put in that situation. But, you know, again, I, I think that it's 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 nice to see that Karma came out and basically said, like, you know, I'm still, you know, Ian was was professional and, and nice about it and really kind about the whole situation. And, um, you know, they're obviously going to remain good friends. And even even Karma said that he would be willing to team with Seth again in Black Ops 4 if, if given the opportunity. So, you know, hopefully we'll see Damon back in Black Ops 4. Uh, but for now, we're going to get we're going to have to watch what we got, you know, and uh, as an optic fan, I am I, I am actually optimistic with this roster. Uh, maybe maybe naively optimistic, some would argue. But, you know, we'll just have to wait and see because, um, you know, we, we just we, we don't know how this team's going to adapt to one another. And uh, they're definitely going to have a honeymoon phase. We're already seeing early signs of that um, based off some of their Twitters. But, you know, we'll, have to, we'll just have to wait and see. And I, and I will say that this is going to make for an exciting finish to World War Two, no doubt. Um between all these rivalries that this created, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun to watch. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely very excited despite how disappointing it was to see optics split up. Um, you know, I'm very excited for the remainder of world war two and to see what we get mainly from LG and OG. Um, that's going to be really fascinating to watch. But with that said, guys, I am going to conclude today's episode. Uh, thank you all for tuning in very much. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter, like, share, subscribe to this episode. If you enjoyed it, leave me a review on iTunes, leave me a rating. It really helps with exposure as well as trying to understand what you guys want, what I can improve on. Um, and as always, guys, uh, be sure to tune next week. I, like I said, next week's episode will be out on Sunday. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. With that said, guys, it's going to do it for today. Uh, have a good one.